Hello, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Emery, and this is Hear Her Sports. Actually, it's the first Hear Her Sports Fast Track. Fast Track episodes will be short and show up in your feed between the regular lineup. They will max out at 20 minutes and could be as short as five. I'm excited to hear what happens in Fast Track and look forward to working in some tighter time constraints. As you will hear in this episode, Fast Track will focus on a topic. For example, today's guest is Julie Petalino, a bicycle builder, and we primarily stick to bike fit. Julie makes incredible bikes, is doing innovative and beautiful things technically and artistically, and is really exploding in the industry. We could certainly have taped a very full episode, so I'm apologizing right up front for everything we didn't get to. Before we get started, a thank you to our mutual friend, Brandon, for introducing us. And now, let's get to it. Hi, Julie. I'm so glad that we were introduced. You know, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, it's so lovely to meet you as well, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, and I'm also excited that we have a Cleveland connection, so maybe we'll meet each other one day in person. Yes, I would love that. Yeah. Could you start out by introducing yourself and maybe talk about your company a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so my name is Julianne Pedalino. My company is called Pedalino Bicycles. And yes, Pedalino is indeed my real name. <laughs> <laughs> I get that question a lot. It is my name. I do custom bicycles. I'm based in Kansas. And my passion is ornament, fancy lugs, steel bikes. But I also do for breaking into titanium as well. Wow. And your bikes are really beautiful. You have a past as an artist, so your bikes are very artistic. Yeah, I think besides fitting and fulfilling the function that the client wants, um, as far as what type of bike it is, why not have it be something beautiful that is meaningful to them personally as well? I think we spend a lot of time on our bikes, so it might as well be something that we have somewhat of a relationship with. Yeah, yeah. I also like how you've been able to, I don't know, be an artist, but make something that's functional and usable. And and I think that's really wonderful. Yeah, that was, you know, I've been an artist my whole life and dabbled in all sorts of different mediums. And I, I never realized until I started making the bikes that what I was missing was that this object that I'm making has to have a function. There has to be a reason for it to be in the world. And bikes are tools. And I think it's just super cool that I can make something that someone can use and also appreciate and enjoy aesthetically. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to talk specifically today about bike fit. So let's start with just, you know, like, do you have a theory about bike fit or what are your thoughts about bike fit? My thoughts are that it's uh, very important. It's one of the main reasons that I became interested in becoming a custom builder in the first place was I'm a smaller woman. It's hard for me to find a bike off the shelf that fits me. And I just kind of suffered in pain for a long time without really knowing what was possible. So for me, bike fits one of the fundamentals of what I do as a custom builder. Why did you think that your pain had to do with bike fit? Um, Yeah, I mean, it could have been all sorts of other things. Or you could have just quit and not enjoyed biking. Yeah, I I didn't know at the time that it was because I was riding an ill-fitting bike. Honestly, I thought it was... This is just part of cycling and you need to suck it up. You need to toughen up and just, you know, no one else is complaining. So you (laughs) need to get used to it. So it wasn't until I got on a bike that actually did fit me. And then all those pains went away. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is a much more pleasant and sustainable experience. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. What kind of pains were you having? A lot of my issues 
had to do with my saddle, honestly. That was the one big thing that I changed and it completely changed how I sit on the bike, how the bike handles, and then of course a lot of the pain, obviously a soft tissue pain, but then it because I was kind of compensating and protecting delicate areas, other parts of my body hurt as well, like my lower back, my shoulders, and things that I thought were maybe, oh, my bike's too long really had more to do with the saddle. The bike was too long, but, you know, fixing the saddle was the big, big deal for me, the big game changer. That's so interesting because I recently got a custom mm-hmm. bike that fit me, and I'm also your same size, 5'4", mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my issues always sort of manifested in my upper body, like my arms and shoulders mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But in yeah. this new bike, I noticed that I totally sit differently on the saddle. Mm-hmm. And that has cleared up, you know, problems on my right leg. And in my, sh- it's super interesting. Yeah, it's funny how a problem in one place will manifest in a completely different place on your body. So it's not always like a logical, oh, my hip hurts. It's got to do with, you know, knee over pedal spindle or something like that, you know. It's, right. Yeah, bike fits kind of, it, it can be kind of tricky in that way because it's not an exact science and sometimes you have to dig and think kind of outside of the box to find out what the problem is. And it, and it could just be, you know, oh, we need to adjust your cleat a tiny bit or, mm. you know, slightly longer stem or rotation of the handlebars or how the hoods are oriented on the bars, that kind of a thing. Right, right. So how do you do your bike fits? I work with a fitter here locally. His name is Mike Irwin. He's got years of experience in the field. He used to be a bike shop owner, and he's got the physiological body science background that I don't have. So we collaborate together, and what I do is I have a client come over. They bring the bike that they're riding on currently, and we set that up in a trainer, and we, we take a look and do some measurements, and then and then that's our starting point. And then from there, if I'm working on a custom bike, I have a – sizing cycle where I can adjust the seat tube angle, the top tube um, length, head tube angle, the handlebar drop and, and all of that. So I can mock up what I think they need on the Fitmaster. But usually, you know, we're not changing that much on their current bike. So we haven't even really been using the Fitmaster as much. It's, it's usually just a few little tweaks, but they can make all the difference. So who do you think needs a custom, I mean, needs, <laughs> who do you think would benefit <laughs> from a custom bike? Like, who are your customers and, you know, like, where do you see it making the biggest difference? Um, I, you know, I'm going to say that I think everyone could benefit from it, but that's just, <laughs> that's just my perspective as a builder. Um, I think there's certain segments of the population who are underserved by what's out there as far as off-the-shelf bikes who stand to benefit a lot more than an average size person. So the shorter people or the taller people, they're the ones that stand to get the most. And I think especially the, the shorter people, I'm a really big proponent of proportional wheel size, and that's certainly something that you can't get walking into a bike store. So I'm talking about 650C or 650B wheels instead of 700C wheels. Um, and maybe custom forks to go along with that. There's just a lot of geometry compromises that happen on the small size range of production bikes that I don't have to do as a custom builder if I use the appropriate wheel size for that frame. Can you talk a little bit more about that and talk about maybe the difference between 650B and 650C, but also, you know, talk about sort of those compromises that you have to make when you make a bike that's smaller? Sure. Uh, So 650C is 
smaller than a 700c wheel. 700 is the standard wheel that you see on most bikes. 650c is smaller. 650b is a little bit bigger. Traditionally, 650b has been more of a mountain bike wheel size. But lately, they've been coming out with 33, 35-millimeter tires for cyclocross, even, even slicks that work on 650B wheels, which is opening up a lot of possibilities for me as a builder, especially with, you know, the all-road bikes being popular right now. 650C is more of a standard road bike wheel size. A lot of folks in the triathlon scene use them, but there aren't very many options out there as far as rims and tires, which is the unfortunate part. But I think wheels go hand in hand with forks. So for me, there's no sense in backing a 650c wheel if I'm going to use a standard 700c fork. So I like to suggest a custom fork to go along with that wheel where I can pick the offset or the rake and really dial in that trail number, which is the, the, the number in your geometry that you can look at that will give you an idea of how the bike is going to handle. Typically, for a road bike, people like to target a, a number of 56, and that's the offset of the wheel against the ground. It would be easier if I could draw a diagram, but right. <laughs> just trust me that 56 is what we like to go for, for road bike handling. And that means you're going to get snappier, responsive handling from the handlebars. A bigger number will give you different handling. Like if you can picture a mountain bike on the extreme other end of the spectrum, you've got super slack head tube angles. So that's a really long trail. And it just means that you're going to have to put a lot more input into those handlebars to steer the bike. Which is a good thing if you're doing quick little hairpins or, you know, needing to maneuver around obstacles. You don't want your bike to, you know, do an extreme turn for every twitch of the handlebars, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big, big benefits, I think, of going to a smaller wheel size. Um, You also get to completely eliminate the problem of toe overlap, which I know you can learn how to ride with it. And a lot of people don't think it's a big deal because they think it's more of a skill type deal. But from personal anecdotal experience, I didn't realize how much toe overlap was a sort of like low-key subconscious worry of mine until I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And I just kept again and again being like, oh, I don't have to worry. I'm not scared in this this situation. I can relax and I can, you know, um, really hammer into that corner or, you know, if I'm on the bike path, I don't have to unclip one foot because I'm afraid of a hairpin turn. So for me, not having toe overlap is a big deal. And the final little bonus of the smaller wheels is that we can just get a really short, tight wheelbase, which for a road bike is awesome. And it's going to, you're going to see a lot of enhancements in your climbing on the hills. It's just going to feel like a snappy, responsive, fast little bike, fun, fast little Corvette type bike, which is just a little extra bonus, I think, from the smaller wheels. And then I guess the final thing is that your center of balance is lowered, which, again, I think can have an impact on stability while you're riding, and then standover clearance as well. Mm-hmm. So all of these things kind of work together. And when you're working with a 700C wheel for the same size rider, then you know, you're not going to be able to get that nice 56 trail and not have to overlap at the same time. Seat tube angles get really extreme because... It's just a way to compensate for top tube length with the bigger wheels and toe overlap and all of this, you know. <laughs> so the, the the compromise has to come somewhere because they really just don't work well on a small frame. So 
yeah, it's usually a real steep C2 bangle and a compromises on the trail. Right. I think what's interesting, and I had not realized this until I started doing more research for my own bike, mm -hmm. But, you know, all those little adjustments in your seat tube angle and your steer tube mm -hmm. angle and everything yep. really make a difference, not just in sort of the very obvious things like no toe overlap, but yeah. actually in how the bike feels when you're on it, when you're yeah. riding it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think weight balance, the, the balance of your body weight on a bike has a huge impact on steering and how that ride feels. Um, and you really want to be able to get that proper 40, 60, like 40% on the back, 60 on the front. And that's a, like an impossible thing to measure. <laughs> but if you're too much on the front, it's going to feel weird. If you're too much on the back, it's going to feel weird. But if you're perfectly balanced, it's going to feel really nice mm -hmm. and very stable, especially in through the corners. Right. Getting a, a custom bike is a big deal. You know, it costs yeah. a lot of money. It takes yeah. a lot of time. And for me, anyway, it's sort of this leap of faith, like, oh, yeah. somebody has told me that I'm going to feel better on this bike. So, like, how do you encourage people or what do you tell them about what they're going to feel when they get on this new bike? Yeah, it's hard, especially, you know, if I gave you a drawing with all of these numbers marked out on a frame that I want to build from you and you compare that to a production bike geometry, you're going to say like, these are really little differences. I don't see much of a change, but they all add up to, to make a big difference. But unfortunately the only way to find out for yourself is to try it out. If you were in Kansas city and my client, I would let you ride my bike for as long as you want just to see if you can even tell a difference or what, you know, what you think about it. It's really hard to make the case without having the person on the bike and riding it, I think. And unfortunately, it is expensive to get a custom bike. And I would love to at some point do a sort of a semi-custom line where a small, extra small bike with small wheels and everything's all spec'd out is available for people at a lower price point. Mm -hmm. But I think there are a few brands that do sell small wheel bikes at the low end of the price range, but the, the brands are escaping me right now. I talked to a British manufacturer. I'm probably going to, uh, Hartley. Yeah. Hartley. And, yeah. and she developed wow. a off the rack um, set of bikes. That's fantastic. And she makes a big point, which I like, you know, she's not making bikes for women. She's making yep. bikes for the size. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of her customers yeah. are really tall or really short, but not necessarily yeah. men or women. Yeah. Well, the, the I think stereotypes based on women's bodies are all a big misconception and, and, and make no sense in reality. Just based on what I've seen measuring people, there's no like, women always have long legs and short torsos. Men are always the opposite. It's, it's nonsense. doesn't really matter what your gender is. <laughs> Body geometry just varies across the board. So I'm I'm with that, too. I don't think that we need to say 650C is a women's size or, you know, this is a women-specific bike. It's just a bike for a smaller body. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are pretty satisfied. And it's fun for me, too, to take what I've experienced from riding ill-fitting bikes to riding something that's built for me and give that to someone else. It's really wonderful. I'm going to go back to a question about the wheels. When mm -hmm. I was racing, you know, nobody used smaller wheels. And I don't remember anything concrete other than, oh, you don't want to use those smaller wheels. They're slower or whatever. And it seems like sort of popular opinion is changing about using smaller wheels. 
Yeah, I I mean I hope it is. The I've heard the smaller wheels are slower uh, story too, and that's largely a myth. I mean, there might be some like a very small difference at very high end speeds, uh, perhaps. But I think what is more valuable and meaningful is to think of how comfortable you are on a bike. If you're in the most um, high tech carbon fiber aero, whatever everyone in the Tour de France is riding, but you're not comfortable on that bike, you're not going to go fast on it. So for me, comfort is the number one indicator of how, how fast you're going to be able to go. Right. Do you have any racers that are using your bikes? No, not yet, but I would love to. I, I think it's tricky, um, you know, to deal with sponsorships. Right. And I always wonder, you know, the professional riders out there, how they get bikes to fit them or if they just, if they just don't. Well, before we sign off, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't get to? Yeah, I think I'd just like to leave it with, if you're considering a bike fit, definitely go for it. It's well worth the money, even if they confirm that, yeah, you've got everything set up. You you put in the hours, you know your body, and this is good to go. But they may also come with some suggestions or things that you hadn't even thought of. I know a lot of people debate on whether it's worth it to spend that couple hundred dollars, and I say definitely yes. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, it was really surprising what I learned at the bike fit. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you. This is terrific. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's great talking to you. Well, thanks for listening. And a big thank you to Julie Petalino of Petalino Bicycles. She's been doing some really great stuff prepping for the Philadelphia Bike Expo. Take a look at those images on Instagram at Petalino Bikes. I'd love to hear what you think about Fast Track. You can call the new Hear Her Sports hotline at 725-BE-BADASS. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts to get all the new fast tracks right when they come out and tell your friends. Designed is by Agnes Studio and music by the band Goldmines. Till next time, bye-bye. Honestly, I work in a little bat cave by myself most of the time. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.